Hey, what's going on, everybody? Uh, happy 2020. This is the first episode of 2020, and uh, it's episode number 68 of the Audible Farm podcast. It's brought to you by Couch Town Coffee. Uh, this week's episode is brought to you by Couch Town Coffee. Gotta love them. Uh, roasted right here in Iowa. The coffee roaster there is Andrew Chipman. He's a musician himself, as well as loving local music. He also loves coffee. So, you know, I love coffee. He loves coffee. We both uh, enjoy playing music. And, uh, you know, it was it worked out really well to um, bring Andrew in a little bit on this in Couchtown Coffee. You can go to Couchtown Coffee uh, on their website, www.couchtowncoffee.com. You can find a coffee you like in the Our Coffee section and make an order. Uh, the coolest part about all this is uh, you can save 20%. You can save 20% on your order this week if you enter the code word 2020. That's right. Uh, code word this week is 2020. Um, first episode of 2020. Um, you know, it's kind of crazy. So if you want to enter the code word 2020, um, you can save yourself 20% this week on Couchtown Coffee. Make an order. Uh, they'll ship it to your house. Wildly cool stuff. Uh, it's 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 my favorite coffee. I drink it every morning. Um, I'm actually running a little bit low, and I gotta I gotta meet up with Andrew here sometime soon and pick myself some up. Uh, so I'm gonna use that code word probably, and uh, we'll we'll grab some coffee. All right. Uh, so go to CouchtownCoffee.com. Find an order. Enter that code word 2020. And uh, save yourself 20%. Thanks, Couchtown. Uh, this episode is the first episode of 2020. And, um, you know, I I thought I'd bring in somebody on the episode that I, I'm actually pretty, um, I don't know, well acquainted with would be a, a good way to say it. We're, we're pretty good buddies now. I don't know. Uh, we don't hang out on the regular or anything. But it's always good to see Clint Riedel. Uh, Clint is... Um, a musician in the northern Iowa area. He's all over the place. Uh, you know, the Wright County Rambler, that's uh, how he's known. He's in uh, the Blue Ribbon Ramblers as well as being a, a solo artist. Uh, in the last year, he started doing a lot more solo stuff. And uh, we sit down, we talk a little bit about that, how uh, transitioning from playing with a full band to playing solo and uh, how that all feels, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. It's a, uh, it's kind of a weird thing because I've done very little bits of playing by myself, and it's or with like a small group. And uh, the smaller the group, the more you stand out. It's kind of odd, but uh, I don't know. Me and Clint, we sit down, we talk about that. We talk about all sorts of things in this episode. Uh, it was good to just have a moment to sit down and connect with him. Um, we sat down and talked before he played two shows uh, the evening we recorded, or, uh, the evening of the day we recorded this. There's got to be a w- better way to say that. Um, yeah, we recorded this thing, and then uh, you know, within within an hour after we we were done, he was off to playing a show. So that's really cool. I appreciate. Uh, Clint taking some time out of his day when he really didn't have to. Um, you know, I really appreciate it, Clint. Thank you very much. And uh, the guy's busy, so go check him out somewhere. Find him online. Uh, there will be links down below. We talk about that in the podcast as well. So I hope you guys enjoy this one. It's the first episode of 2020. Uh, he's back since the first time we ended up doing a podcast was uh, over a year ago. And uh, that was actually when we first met each other. So it's kind of cool to uh, check back in with him, see what he's got going on. Um, it's a fun one. It's episode number 68. Yeah, 68 with Clint Riedel. It's the Audible Farm Podcast. With your host, Peter Stockdale.
yeah I'm, i mean that was like i'm getting ready to paint a new guitar because uh, i have that like one that's all blue and whatnot and i'm so i'm trying to find like a way to paint another one that uh will be as you know quote unquote interesting looking or whatever um because now i've like been that guy that walks around with that weird colored guitar and yeah it defines you whether you want it to or not yeah exactly i mean it's in my facebook profile picture whether or not uh i mean that's like that's dumb but it's oh it's, god no it, it's a cool guitar it does like you know it draws a lot of attention but yeah. yeah and honestly fancy my guitar sitting over there like brad dropped a pbr tall boy on it and gave it that big old crack and like i don't know if it enhanced it but i can't find a better sounding guitar in the world yeah, dude, and that's kind of like, uh, if you remember, Willie Nelson had that one guitar that oh, had... Oh, yeah, Trigger. He, yeah, played it forever and has holes all over in it yep. and stuff, and he still played it, you know? I read his autobiography, and like he legitimately ran into his house that was on fire just to get his guitar. He was like, oh, shit. So, like, Willie Nelson, you can just picture this in your mind, like, hair flying, you know, <laughs> fire all around. <laughs> he had really long ponytails, but the ends of them lit on <laughs> right fire and slowly burned up it, mm-hmm. until it was the short ponytails that we know and love today. Oh. <laughs> no, no, I God, don't know. God bless him. <laughs> I do actually remember um, hearing a story about B.B. King doing the same thing. Well, Lucille was his guitar, I sure. believe. But uh, it was something to the effect of he was playing in a club, and the club was lit with... Uh, it was heated with uh, uh, I don't I don't remember what it was, but it was some sort of like old style. Oh, I think I know uh, what you mean. Yeah. Oil oil burning heater type thing. Yeah, I think they had like a wood stove in the middle of that. Yeah, uh, something. Yeah. And uh, some people got into an argument and uh, ended up knocking it over and lighting the building on fire. And he like went in back and got the guitar and and brought it out. That was like. Um, whether or not it was like, you know, yeah, you don't know, it, you don't know if it was like, oh, a fire just started and everybody's running out. And he's like, oh, my guitar and had plenty of time. But mm-hmm. whether or not he still or went in. it was all dramatic. Yeah, and, yeah. But he still went in and got this thing and come to find out there was two guys fighting over a girl named Lucille. So he named his guitar oh, after the that's, girl. And that, that's that, awesome. So that was the story I heard. So, you know, uh, fun stories like that about guitars are always it always kind of makes the guitar yeah, I named that fancy because it's like the fanciest thing I own, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's nothing, nothing. Um, I've got, a, I've got a few guitars that are like over my capability price range wise. I guess. I mean, it's not like they're um, really expensive, but I'm like one of those mediocre, like middle of the line guys. Like that blue guitar is actually like a guitar I bought used for like a hundred bucks. Really? It's uh, it's not a really fancy guitar. Um, and that's like the benefit of like taking it everywhere it's like if if it it ends up getting stolen it's like that's only sentimental value lost but um and like i do have a a better epiphone than that one but it's still like meh i don't know yeah honestly like once you get comfortable with something it's like a car yeah you know you get in someone else's car you know how to drive but it just doesn't feel right bingo dude i love the analogy um, and that like also comes back to getting a new car. Like everybody would like to have a new car, but you kind of get attached to this old car that you have. Oh, for real. Yeah. Regardless. I think I, I've gone through probably oof, seven or eight backup guitars. Like this is the only one that stuck around. I've had a couple temper tantrums and like broke a few and, yeah. you know, but feels good at the end of the day. Oh man. Uh, the best part about that would be is if somebody recorded it and then you could use it in like a music video or oh, something for, yeah. and just smashing up a guitar or whatever. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's always just like sitting around drunk, like by yourself in a pit of, you know, despair. Like I hate you guitar. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> dude. And that's another thing. Um, I did start recording, so I nice. guess, I guess I should say, uh, Clint Riedel's sitting down with me. Hey, hey. Um, you and I actually did a podcast a long time ago and we didn't know each other like yeah. literally yep. at all. And, uh, in the, that was like a, a little over a year ago. 
ago, and you know, since then, I've come to jam nights, and you and I have uh, become very familiar acquaintances. Yeah, when we first met, I had no idea like you were a straight up musician too. Like, yeah. I thought you were just on the recording side of things, and I was like, oh, this guy's pretty cool. And then you came to jam night, and I was like, holy shit, this guy could play. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I could play a little bit. And, uh, uh, you do great, man. Yeah. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. And that's uh, one of the things when the jam night closed uh in fort dodge that they used to have once a month at patty's like i i just started like i always look on the uh junkyards facebook page to see if they're like oh there's a jam night tonight yep. it's like well, i'm going you know and um you know I've, I've made it to a handful i don't always make it out but i love having something to do i mean it's a little bit of a jaunt but it's awesome sure yeah i mean it's just far enough out of fort dodge to where like you leave all the craziness behind but it's also just far enough out of fort dodge that it's hard to get back home you know yeah. after having a good time so yep. So it's always hit or miss up there, but it's every Tuesday for like three years now. Yeah, and uh, uh, I talked about it a few times. Like one, I think the first time I went, the place was just like rampage packed. It was mm-hmm. just there were so many people in there. I was like, holy cow, this is a bar in like a tiny town outside uh-huh. of Fort Dodge, and it is packed. And you know, I've I've been here a couple times where it's like, well, there's 20 people here, which is that's still a lot of people to sit and watch Shit, you on a random Tuesday. Why not? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's it's still one of those things, man. It, even coming here and playing makes me nervous. That's something I, I I it's hard to get over, especially if you're playing like jam nights and playing stuff like off the cuff to music yeah. you don't necessarily know or whatever. Um, that is definitely like trial by fire every Tuesday, like depending on who walks in, like Mr. Zam, Mike Zam, he'll walk in and we're playing some old timey fun stuff. Like he'll get a dancing cow out. It's, it's crazy. It's like a plank (laughs) of wood and this like cow puppet and it just... It's percussion, but it's the craziest instrument I've ever seen. Or, you know, and then Jeremy would show up, Jeremy Ober, and all of a sudden he's shredding behind anything you do. So it's yeah. just get ready, hold on. Yeah, it's pretty wild. I mean, that stuff's kind of fun when you're just like, oh, I'm just going to play some open chords, and then it's just like, oh, this guy's going to stand behind me and shred some stuff? Like, cool. Yeah, no doubt. You like, know? Thanks for making my song have life. Yeah, yeah. no kidding. Um, I mean, like one of the first times other than uh, the jam night in – Fort Dodge, because I, I like knew that was going to be the situation in Fort oh, Dodge. Man. When but... we got when we got put together for that house band, that was crazy. That was the weirdest like group of people up there just to like support the crowd, like you, me, Brad, and was it Nordine yeah, on I drums? Think, I yeah, think Nordine was yeah. on drums. Um, which uh, that that was tons. That was oh my gosh. Yeah, that was another one. Like he we, he played like uh, um, a um a a chord progression that you just started meshing songs into and all of a sudden it's like we're playing like baby got back or something and <laughs> yeah. i was like i was like dude this is cool as hell i never mm-hmm. thought i'd be up here like playing baby got back for people or whatever but i love sliding that in uh, we played the dodger tap last week and uh it it lives up to its reputation i mean i didn't get stabbed or anything but it was wild it was a good time and I think I was playing one like a sweet, pretty song that I had written about some girl or heartbreak or something, and this guy just straight up gets in my face, and he's like, why don't you play that uh, Easy E song again? And I was like, okay. Mm-hmm. So I just continued the chord progression for this beautiful song I wrote for a girl and threw Gimme That Nut behind it. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yeah, that's hilarious. And, I mean, you've, uh, you're really good at doing that. I mean, as far as just taking... You can take literally almost any chord progression to any song and just turn it into a different song. Um, I feel like anybody honestly could. Like, as long as you know Wagon Wheels chord progression, 
any song will fit in there. Any yeah. song in the world. Like, I challenge <laughs> you to find one that doesn't work. Yeah, that's funny. That was actually, like, the first one that you had mentioned something to me about. Like, hey, you can do that with this. And I think it might have even been the last time I was at a jam night here um, when I brought uh, that little blue guitar with me. Because uh, usually that's just a three-finger Betty guitar. But I just, I've just i been bringing it out other places here and there. But, yeah, that's uh, that was one of those songs I was just like, man, this is... You, you did like a medley to that and i was like this is crazy and someone's like oh, that's just wagon wheel and i'm like wagon wheel like i never i never even put two and two together somehow like my brain didn't do it and uh you know it, that's one of those songs that everybody seems to know even if yeah, you don't like know you know it, it yeah once that like it cues up everyone's like oh he's gonna bust into wagon wheel and then it's fun to throw the fresh prince of bel-air on him ah, <laughs> that's hilarious <laughs> Uh, like, what gave you the idea to start doing that? Was it just dinking around at your place? or like Yeah, what? honestly, like, uh, that was one of the first songs I had a buddy from Minnesota show me how to play guitar, or showed me some chords, and uh, he was like, well, here's Wagon Wheel, man. It was just new at the time, and I'm like, this is amazing. And so, like, that's that's my go-to warm-up song every time, and then I just, something pops in your mind, and you start singing, and you're like, holy shit, you can sing anything to this. <laughs> so it was just kind of, uh, it was like the first thing you, did you, did you start like playing it, and then just like singing other songs to it, like at first? And oh, then for just, sure. Yeah. yeah. That's yep. wild. Like, I don't, I don't even know how you would think of that. I mean, I've seen other people do it like on YouTube or whatever, but it's, it's never something, my brain never has, it doesn't go into that gear to think about that stuff, so I never even think of um i don't know there's a certain creativity of that too because even though you know like most songs you could f smoosh into that format somehow or another um you still get to choose what song you want to throw in there yeah, exactly so and, like reflective uh well it shows your personality a little bit there you know like i'm a product of the 90s so yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. i mean uh like we're talking you could throw like another like a country song in there but you could also throw easy e in there you know and it's yep. like you could throw anything in there so it depends on what you want to what you want to put in there um we were talking about guitars before uh i changed the gears here a little bit uh is this like your favorite guitar you've ever had you yeah think? i picked that up from chris carr down at eighth note and like i i just honestly love it it's a court jumbo body um i can't find anything that sounds better than it and i've tried and tried and tried i mean in everyone's hands too it's kind of nice like on those jam nights when people show up and play my guitar i'm like damn yeah. that's mine you yeah. know like, it feels good yeah that's cool uh i think the jumbo body guitars are uh as far as acoustics go were one of my favorites when i was growing up i i learned how to play on one of those uh like ludicrously inexpensive build it your own uh acoustic guitars from way back in the day sure and uh it worked uh perfectly well for what i needed to do when i first started learning before i moved to an electric guitar but um, as I was learning and stuff, I was, I was blessed with the ability to, uh, know people that had, um, a, a great talent scope or to have the ability to like, show me how to do things like, uh, for example, like an uncle of mine, uh, played a lot of guitar and he had, uh, at one point in time had like a jumbo bodied, I think it was a guild guitar. It oh, was, nice. it was, uh, nothing to sneeze at at the time. I'm not sure he, uh, still has it or plays as much as he used to. But he had uh, had that guitar, and I remember playing it as a kid, being like, "This sounds really good." And then you grow up and you buy your own, and then you're like, "Wow, oh, this one doesn't sound as good as like what I think I remember the other one sounded like so mm -hmm. long ago." Yep. But I, I attribute a lot of it to the fact that it was a, a jumbo-bodied uh, acoustic, which I think they've always been my favorite. There's barely a sound difference, but there's enough of a sound yep. difference if you 
are around the sound enough, I think. And, and like we were saying before, like you don't you don't want a hacky looking guitar because every picture that's going to be taken at you, that's going to be around your neck, and it's you get known for that guitar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, uh, it's it's a really nice guitar because it has character on it, which I think uh, the character is almost like reminiscent of um, like a road worn musician's character. Oh, you know, for sure. Yeah. What, what, I, I try not to wipe the blood off because there's been a few shows where I don't use a pick, so my fingers will just explode because, you know, you play seven hours over the weekend. And mm-hmm. So I try not to wipe the blood off, but it's got some great stories. Yeah, it's it's wild. I, I always kind of, um, I mean, there's, as far as, like, guitar aficionado uh, looks of guitars go, there's many different preferences, but, like, uh, it's it's usually either, like, keep it as new as you can, or some people are just, like, uh, any scratch nick and anything, um, it's character, I'm going to keep it in there, and... Uh, hopefully exemplified in the guitar and my uh my brother my buddy jordan reuter my lead guitarist i remember he's got this sweet strat like this american stratocaster and he was just dragging it on the ground behind him and i was like what are you doing man he's like just you know putting some age on it Mm -hmm. okay (laughs) since then he's gotten a hard case for it but Mm -hmm. yeah you know it's it's one of those things like, well, that's not fair. That guitar didn't earn it yet. You're just yeah. dragging it on the ground. Yeah. Like if you dropped it because you were drunk at a show, yeah, th- that that mark counts. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I remember knowing a guy that would like, um, he'd play shows and then he'd like let people use his guitar as like a coaster and thing like things like that. So it would just like add all this aging to his sure. guitar, like like hyper age it and he'd just be like well I, this is all like road worn from like playing shows at a bar and stuff like that it's like well kind of but yeah, a little. but you know it was kind of funny to see that there was just like um stains in it from people putting like mixed drinks on there were like oh this jaeger like left a stain in the finish after yeah. it was all torn up and now it won't go away so it's like a perfect like cup oh, like yeah. stain on the guitar but I'm not, I'm not mad at it but yeah he didn't earn it <laughs> yeah, yeah and that's another thing like uh as far as aging guitars go there's like companies are putting out pre-aged or pre-worn looking guitars and yeah. spraying some old paint looking finish on it and yeah, then it really is just like hey why don't i just sand this down like it's been used 400 years and mm-hmm. you know upsell it but uh I, I guess i feel like that doesn't count yeah i mean like a truly iconic aged guitar like an actually aged one from somebody playing it you can usually tell and a lot of times people that have those guitars they don't let go of them because they've put mm-hmm. so much time into them or people like us can't afford them <laughs> yeah exactly yeah but uh i mean like going back to we were talking willie nelson uh having a guitar that's all beat up and and just holes all over in the in the top of it and it's just like uh that's all from playing, you know, and yep. he's not going to get rid of that. And it wouldn't make sense for somebody to want to have a guitar that looks like that and has holes in it can, like that. Can you imagine what that thing's... Well, I mean, it's going to the Smithsonian, but, you know, like yeah. what that thing's going to be worth when he passes. Yeah. That's another cool thing is, like, uh, iconic players, iconic guitars, um, the like the market for them and where they usually end up and stuff. A lot of times it's just like some rich dude owns like handfuls of, you know, guitars from the seventies rock mm-hmm. bands Cause that was his favorite stuff or like whatever. But yeah, it becomes like a, like cars to these cats, honestly. Like I got a whole garage full of sweet cars and no one's ever going to drive them. Exa- you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and I mean, it's not like somebody should have them out there and should be playing them because they're kind of like iconic things. It's uh, it's kind of like having like a game worn you know, Babe Ruth jersey or like whatever, mm-hmm. but yeah. at the same rate, like it's it is kind of one of those weird things that I think about. Um, I don't know if you've like looked too much into it, but I remember reading stories about uh, um, 
like stolen guitars in history <laughs> and so like a lot of these guitars that get stolen like who's going to be able to sell a stolen guitar on a yeah, black market no especially doubt. if it's just like this is jimmy page's guitar mm-hmm. from this blah blah or whatever whoever stole whatever guitar yeah, just such a like a notable guitar you're never gonna be able to play it out in public people are gonna be like that so-and-so stolen guitar yeah <laughs> yeah it's, yeah so it's never gonna end up in the right hands but i i've heard through like digging through the internet that there's like a small handful of underground people that will buy stolen instruments and like uh they've there's been people that are uh like i think i want to say it was joe bonamassa but he would like find these guitars that were like this is a guitar that has been claimed to have been like the stolen guitar that's been lost forever from here and i'm and i'm playing it right now in an undisclosed location and so like there's apparently like some collectors out there for these like stolen like whatever eric clapton guitars or whatever oh, yeah. you know from yeah, like, yeah. way back in the day like just putting a mask on and youtube and or video re- recording oh. themselves like hey suck it world yeah. i'm doing this <laughs> well yeah and i thought it was kind of weird that like if i recall the article correct and i don't know it's the internet so it could have all just been a giant farce and it could have all been fake but like the gist was like um some people have access to see these things and play them every now and then, but like not disclose their location and let out where all this stuff has happened, which I think is like pretty weird. Yeah. But uh, um, there was like a big push for these people to disclose if these were honestly the real deal guitars. Like, where are they then? Tell us where they are because uh-huh. we want to know and we want to put them in a museum or whatever. But no that, criminal charges we just want the guitars back yeah know? just weird stuff like that and that's another thing is like stolen gear stolen gear it's like it has always bothered me so much we, i was talking about that with a uh, jordan sound guy at shiny top last night he's i was like man you got so many like mic stands and stuff and he's like yeah sometimes i'll have one sometimes there's 14 he's like it all depends and it's it's us dumbass musicians leaving stuff around like mm-hmm. i can't even imagine where half of my cables or harmonicas and stuff end up you know yeah as far as stealing i don't think i've ever had anything stolen but definitely left some shit (laughs) yeah yeah i mean that's i've left some stuff too uh Usually it's nonsensical stuff like a pile of picks or like uh, just cables and, and mm-hmm. mic stands or something like that. But that's another reason I try to like, if I'm going to take something on the road, I always try to take like an economy version of something home or that I would, you know, otherwise use at home. So like at home, it's just like, I'm going to buy a super short cable that's nice, but I only got one of them. So it's staying at home. Mm-hmm. But otherwise I'm going to buy these like eight to $10 cables and take them out on the road. And oh, yeah. if I leave them, it's not that bad. It still kind of sucks though when you're just like I need, I'm one cable short because I don't have any backups. But that's I, a real you know, thing. That that's a wild thing. So you you ever left like a guitar or something accidentally? Been like, oh, oh yeah. crap, and I gotta go back. You know? Yeah, and, uh, Iowa Falls. We played like a Friday show in Iowa Falls, and uh, we were supposed to play a Saturday show. I don't know where, but I woke up that morning and I was like, well, it's gonna be awfully hard to do anything without my guitar and harmonicas. So yeah. oh, man. back to Iowa Falls we go. Uh, oh gosh! Uh-huh. Hopefully it wasn't in the opposite direction. Oh, always, <laughs> always. <laughs> always. <is. laughs> That's hilarious. So, um, I mean, when you uh, go out and play these shows, uh, as far as like the last year, because like I said, it's been about a year since I've talked to you. Um, you were like one of the first, maybe fifteen people I interviewed when I first started doing the podcast. Uh, and this last year you've played a lot more like solo shows and along with your blue ribbon ramblers gang of guys, uh, that are out there. And, um, you're just really filling up the calendar, going a lot of different places, playing shows. Like, what do you attribute to the drive to do that? Uh, I, 
Brad and I were talking about this, and he says, you joke that it's like you don't want to have a job. And that's what I always say is, like, I'm just trying not to have a job. But he's like, you're taking your job pretty serious, man. Like, you're working right now. I was like, yeah, I guess so. So I guess it's uh, just wanting to eat. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that is true, though. Um, you put a lot more love into your own special interests than you would into somebody else's. And that's nothing against, like, anybody. But, like, everybody in some sense is working, quote, unquote, for the man. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, hats off to you for not working for the man. Thank you know, you, you, know, uh, you still got to... You still got to go out there and bust it, though, man. Um, the crazy thing about that is, well, everybody's out there hanging out on Friday and Saturday nights, having a good time at bars, wherever they're at. You're at work. Yeah. Dude, you're, you're at work on Friday and Saturday nights. That's a thing I've noticed. Like, It's been about five years now that I've just been playing music and nothing else. And, yeah, there's a lot of good times I've missed out on just because I was in a different bar, you know, like, or Christmas, say, just, uh, well, last Friday. We were having my Riedel Christmas, and I was like, sorry, can't make it. Got to go, you know, make the bread. Yep. Yeah, exactly. And, I mean, that's that was one of those sacrifices. I, I hear it um, sometimes come up on some of, like, the comedy podcasts I listen to. But uh, as far as, like, um, those, those people that are doing comedy, it's the same deal. Like, they got Thursday, Friday, Saturday night shows, sometimes a Sunday show whatever you know and then it's just like that's your whole weekend like how do you have time to enjoy anything in your life unless you got some buddies who like drink with you on mondays and wednesdays you know you don't really hang out it's just it's kind of solitary honestly yeah it's i could totally see that being being the case but that would also like lend its hand to you sitting around playing more guitar and getting better at the craft or writing a new song exactly because uh i've you know there's always hard times like february is ramen noodle month like you know <laughs> nobody's hiring music in february but you know on valentine's day sure <laughs> but yeah. that's about it yeah otherwise they're like it's cold it's iowa we're over it we're just waiting for the world to wake back up so mm-hmm. i think uh to myself i'm just like well i'm gonna go out and get a part-time job bartend or something and, and then i convince myself not to because that's you know i'll i'll be working when i could have been home writing a song or you know something wouldn't have like i wouldn't be able to book a show because i have uh uh, rely or like responsibilities now yeah it's like oh gotta go to work can't can't go out and play this show even though somebody asked and it's like the slow month so that's why i went and got a job in the first Uh place and that's how it starts though is once you start having those i mean um as far as like following your dream or whatever i've i've heard so many people say like once you have that backup plan everything kind of starts to go to crap yeah exactly like then you just like well i don't have to find a gig i've got you know tips coming from flipping burgers or whatever yeah yeah, backup plan seems to be working better than the original plan let's just do the backup plan and then just throw it all away like oh man yeah and i mean there's nothing wrong with that there's um as far as like musicians around here like almost every single one of us has a day job yeah Um, yeah, there's no retirement plan like if (laughs) if you want any sort of stability or like future yeah. yeah that was was like always the the rough thing about music that made me think about it. it's like if you don't make a big which there's a 99.9999 percent chance you won't you're probably not gonna fare out so well when you're like 80 you know exactly like, yeah. you know and even some of those people that do make it big they're not they're not responsible with their money and they have to go out there when they're 80 anyways yeah like, that's how i look at it like if i had a thousand dollars i would spend a thousand dollars if i have ten dollars i'm gonna spend it like i'm bad with money so i might <laughs> as well be doing what i like to get it 
Oh, oh, dude, that makes total sense. Yeah. And I mean, that's another one of those things like we were talking about how this last year you're playing shows uh, with Blue Ribbon Ramblers and then some solo shows. Um, Some of the guys in your band uh, are busy with some of their own endeavors or different endeavors other than uh, Blue Ribbon Ramblers. That affords you the opportunity to go out there as a solo act and still be like um, somebody said, hey, I want to, I want you to come play some music. So you try and get the whole band. If you can't, it's just like, all right, then I can play this solo because they're busy, which means... I don't have the obligation of it. They're not going to cancel all their shows to play exactly. this. So I'll just play this one solo. And I mean, that's, that's actually pretty cool. Like, uh, I mean, that's one of those things that probably just came about by attrition, but at the same rate, how do you, how do you feel faring out, uh, as a solo artist? In I, shows? Actually it's, it's comfortable. It's scary. Like you feel naked. Um, yeah. but, but at, at the same time, it's kind of nice. Like just, you know, you're, you don't have to line up for people's lives, you know, l- let alone once you get there, like you don't have, cause we don't practice. We never practice. We just get together and do it. Yeah. And so we're playing tonight actually at the winery and we haven't played a show for probably a month as a four piece. So mm-hmm. it's going to be dusty at first and scary, but it's, it's always better to play with them in my mind. Yeah. I, I totally feel the same way. Like as far as, uh, you were talking, uh, we'll throw a few examples from my life to, from this. Uh, like you were talking Valentine's day, you can get shows sometimes like, or like little bookings here and there to sing yeah. songs for people or whatever. Uh, I, I did one of those a couple of years back. Uh, it's one of the most nerve wracking things I ever had to do. Cause it was just me and another guy and we both had guitars and, and we're singing and it's yeah. like, uh, there's no sonic space to hide. Like you said, you feel exactly. naked. I, I feel like every show is rushed. Well, uh, every song is rushed when I'm going solo too. Cause it's like. Well, right now there'd be a badass guitar solo, but since there isn't, I'll just talk to you for a second. You know, it's just mm-hmm. every song goes by so much quicker. Yeah, there's there's none of that space to breathe. Yeah, yeah, and that's another thing I found when I was doing. Uh, I did another. I did one solo gig at the Arts Council Building in Humboldt uh, for a wine walk they had there, and I just leaned a lot on like hooking a lot of stuff up and using a looper and like effects. And there were a few songs where I'd throw the loop down and then like play the solo over top of it with an electric instead of the acoustic. And I did a little bit of that here and there, but still like there was no space to hide all the songs. Like they feel so short. Cause it's like, there's no place for a solo here. And unless the chord progression for where the solo goes is, is special. It's just going to sound like the rest of the song. Exactly. So. Like, aren't you guys tired of hearing me? Yet? You know, you just, you just fly through it. It's very, Oh man, it's unsettling, but at the same time, I'm kind of a comedian on the mic. I've come to find out when I get up there on my solo shows, just because, like I say, you know, just, the songs get so much shorter. There's that much more space, so it gets. It's a real intimate thing. Like, hopefully, it's not a bar. Like, I prefer playing, you know, like wineries and stuff where people show up to listen to music, not show up to have a good time. Mm-hmm. And I don't fault them. Like. You came to the bar to get drunk. You didn't come to listen to music, basically. Yeah. So. Yep. But there's those those rare occasions where you're like, oh, this is why I do it, and it, you know, you're up there, and it's just you and your guitar, and the whole world's listening. It feels like. Yeah, that's that's really wild. I I think one of the things that uh, put me at ease a little bit was I was I was playing for I think I filled up uh, maybe two or three hours. I can't remember what it was, but I, I took like a little 10 minute break. And while I was taking a break, I made like a backing loop and just played some like nonsensical solos over it while I was talking to people in the crowd. So it's just mindless playing just background music. Sure. But I, I was still playing it, but I still had the ability to like converse with people. And this one guy was just, he's like, how you doing? I was like, oh, I'm really nervous. And he's like, oh, there's, I don't know if there's anybody else in the building that can 
do any of this stuff so i don't know why you're nervous like this is pretty cool and i was like okay like i never thought of it like that and that never occurs to me and i don't know why i always have this weird feeling of just like um incapable of entertaining people with my talent you know like i have no clue why i i hate like i compare myself way too often like i know some you know some shredders like jeremy over and stuff i'm like fuck why are you doing this you're never gonna be as good as these guys you know Mm -hmm. and then you just have to think like well nobody else is gonna write these words down they came from you so i guess that's your shtick like you gotta be a singer songwriter because you're never gonna be a shredder and you're never you know like so i guess that's the that's the draw to me is to just um, get my stories out. Yeah, and I uh, I totally agree with you there. Like I've played in bands with uh, at shows with people who are just super shredding the guitar playing, and I've played at shows with people who are just playing like oh, this is a major you know diminished ninth chord, and they're playing like all this crazy stuff. And it's like I don't know how to do any of this stuff, yeah, or at least know. not as well as they do. But at the same rate, like they don't know the chords that I know in the order I know to put them in to make this, this song that I'm playing either. Though, yep. so. I love, I love how everything is so personal and so individual. Like Brad told me, uh, what you know is your left hand and who you are is your right hand. I don't know a lot, but you know, I got, got a pretty good right hand. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense, dude. I could totally see that coming into play. Plus, like you were saying, like a lot of your personality comes out at solo shows. And I feel like that's one of the things that lends itself to your shows so much is the fact that your personality comes out in the show. It's not just a guy sitting there playing acoustic guitar. Cause I mean, like I always thought if I'm going to end up being the guy playing acoustic guitar, it's going to be like the dude in the coffee shop. Who's just like in the corner, like not even facing people just like playing quietly. Yeah, like, like all He's pensive, mumbling yeah. into the microphone. And just plays, you know, like <laughs> exactly this next song is, plays, you know? yeah, I, I love all those memes and stuff where they're like, don't be that guy. And it shows like a dude walking into a party with an acoustic guitar. Yeah. And it's like, man, I always wanted to be that guy. Yeah. And you know, that's the benefit though, is like, um, I always looked at it and it comes back to like my personality of like, man, I don't know if people are going to like this. So I'm just going to kind of sit in the corner and hide where like, you're just kind of like, Hey, check this out. And it, and it, it, uh, your ability to be personable, like on and off the mic, um, while you're playing and while you're not is one of the things that lends it to like, he's up there having a bunch of fun and I'm here having a bunch of fun listening to him have a bunch of fun, you know, and it's this, I feel like that's one of the things that lends it to your shows, whether even at like jam nights, you know? Sure. Yeah. Honestly, if uh, I talked to, I won't mention his name, but I talked to this musician when I was first starting out and uh, I went to go see a show and I was like, man, this is awesome. Aren't you having a blast? And he's like, I'm not here to have fun. And I'm like, okay. He goes, I'm here to get paid. This is my job. I'm like, all right. And then I thought to myself, well, I don't ever want to be that dude. Like yeah. if, if this is just work, I hated getting up for work. That's why I stopped doing it and started playing guitar. So, yeah. so I'm never going to let this become work. Yeah. But, and I, you know, I thought about that too. There's, there's multiple ways to go about attacking music and doing music. Um, you know, like you said, you can, you can put all the hours like, and it takes countless amounts of hours to be able to like shred a guitar. How do I know that? Because I put in countless hours and I can <laughs> barely do it, you know, like at all, you know, yeah, but I, you, I can do it passively in like certain fashions, but I can't do like metal. Like there's always going to be someone better. You know, bingo, there's yeah, always, always, and uh, no matter what you're playing, it seems like, but, uh, it takes a lot of time and hours to put all the work into that. And that's, uh, uh, I forgot where I was going with that. <laughs> <laughs> Just, but, you ain't got the time to do it, man. I, you know, and, and I, and I really don't, but if, 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 you if you want to do it and you are one of those guys that is just like this is my job i'm taking this as seriously as as i possibly can um 
I mean, more power to you. But I always thought to myself, like, if you're not enjoying this thing you're super good at, it kind of is, it's melancholy, yeah. you know? Yeah, it's, that's, I don't think it would spark any interest. It's just, yeah, if if you're amazing at it and getting no no pleasure out of it, I don't think I would do it even if I was amazing at it, you know? Yeah, and I mean, that's, I mean, that's one of those things, I feel like that's why uh, people trade jobs and do all this other stuff, you know, because it's like, no matter what you do, if you do it enough, you're going to become good at it. And people just kind of get tired of being proficient at certain things. They Mm want to challenge themselves with something else. So maybe that's one reason, um, I don't know, people like uh, switch jobs or to learn new instruments or or whatever it happens to be. There is that plateau, like as you're playing, you know, you just, you've gotten to this point and it just levels off and you're stuck there until, you know, someone else shows you a new chord progression or something and you're like, oh wow, and you utilize that. But Mm -hmm. yeah, I think it's definitely just a whole series of steps. It's never, you know, and the steps are endless. You can keep getting better if you want to. I'm just pretty content with my three chords and the truth (laughs) yeah (laughs) you know and that's another crazy thing i think about is uh imagine it this way like uh if if learning different things in different orders puts you at a different level than somebody else uh, as far as like uh, musicianship goes so like i grew up playing uh open chords played a lot of church music then i started playing punk music and then i started playing some like metal music and now i'm back to just playing like punk and metal but on in my free time i play a lot of blues mm-hmm. so those are like my main influences those are the main things i've i've delved into and that's like where my knowledge structure is but do you think if somebody did it in a different order like i first started playing metal and then i started playing blues and then i started playing church music and they like did it in a different order would their talent scope be different yeah. even if they took the same amount of times I think they, they would just have, you know, those tools in their toolbox. By the time they got to the open chords, they'd be like, well, I can do anything in the world over top of this in between. You know, it'd probably be the most amazing folk musician you ever heard. Yeah. I don't know why, uh, like, metal and folk haven't infused with each other yet. Why isn't there metal folk? I don't know. I uh, talked to a, a guy from Des Moines recently, uh, David Tillinghast Jr., about folk music. He really likes folk music, and he's trying to uh, do his best to incorporate it somehow into punk music because he feels like it's the exact same thing except it it's just like one dude with an acoustic guitar standing up there instead of a whole bunch of people with leather j- jackets that weigh 80 pounds with their pockets full of change exactly like you, just, you just go from bar chords to open chords you know and that's, yeah that's honestly the swap from punk and honest i grew up like i wasn't playing guitar at the time but i was you know a product of the 90s so it was rancid all day every day oh yeah yeah you know and then you just start doing the research into those bands and i don't know how the hell i ended up like falling in love with john prine but that's i guess my evolution kind of went that way yeah yeah straight to folk yeah and i mean it makes sense um you know and it and it very well could be that we're um and this is this. I, everything I say is mostly. I'm not, not trying to like make anybody feel bad, but like uh, where you or I or other musicians might lack in their talent ability, you might have um, a firmer grasp on your creative ability. You know, like you said, if you get super super good at something, it just doesn't drive you to do anything new or different or creative with it. But if you only play open chords, it's like I can put this different chord in here uh put it in this pattern and here's a whole different set of words that go with it so you have this uh internal creativity coming from like your words and stuff like that and honestly like when you start to think you're plagiarizing the world uh jeremy ober said you can't write anything new everything has already been done like there's only so many chord structures that line up together that appeases the ear you know it's Mm -hmm. already been done man 
So just go ahead and do it. Yeah. And I mean, as far as there's been a couple like lawsuits recently about that and it's a bunch of arguments, but like, it's so weird uh, that people are copywriting like minute passages of music and being like this tiny snippet of your song is, is reminiscent of this tiny snippet of my song and I'm going to sue you over it. I heard a thing on NPR where I think it was Katy Perry or someone got sued for using something from a Christian rock band. And this Christian rock band was like, nope, that's way too close. And then, like, they played the two clips, and I was like, eh, it's questionable. Well, she lost. (laughs) So I think they got, like, a couple million dollars or something out of it. And it's just like, well, uh, I'm never going to be famous, which is fine. But if I was, everyone would sue my ass because it sounds (laughs) like I'm, you know, writing John Prine songs or Rolling Stone songs. Yeah. and I I mean, I, I totally get the argument for plagiarism and not wanting people to be able to have the ability to steal your music or steal your uh um creative abilities your whatever intellectual property you know um but at the same rate like if you're going to take this tiny snippet out of something and take this tiny snippet out of something else it's like this is this three seconds sounds like that three seconds out of this five minute ordeal and and if they had like recording equipment back in the 1800s you'd be able to find a song from the 1800s where it was exactly the same you know snippet it's just everything's been done yeah, and I, I totally agree with you because it comes back to, like you said, like having, um, like, you know, just basic, the most basic chord structure, like a one, four, five. Everyone's mm-hmm. done that with every chord yeah, yeah, everywhere there's, all there's the time. There's a, a rhythm and a, uh, uh, like a, like a formula to writing a song, you yeah, know? Yeah. So it just, it only works in certain, certain ways. So there's only so much you can do with it. Yeah. And a lot of it is like, uh, reinventing the rhythms that, uh, goes about these things. Like you said, uh, you were talking about, was it your left hand is what you know, and your right hand, what was your right hand? Who you are. Who you are, which makes a lot of sense. Cause that's where a lot of the rhythm comes out on playing the guitar. So that, um, really puts your flavor into these, uh, you know, it's no different than cooking. You know, it's like, is the first person that ever made chili going to sue everybody that's ever tried to make exactly. their own spin on chili? Yep. You know, um, I, I don't know. I get, like I said, I get it to an extent. Cause it's, uh, if you're totally going to rip stuff off, you might want to pay the person, mm-hmm. especially with like, uh, and I'm not picking on rap backing beats, but in the nineties, there was a big thing on that with vanilla yeah. ice, you know, oh, yeah, and, steel and queen. Yeah. You know, but then, like, the coolest part about that was I'd start to listen to um, some rap songs. Like, dude, this is Michael McDonald. Like, this uh-huh. is, comes from a Michael McDonald song. You know, I think that's, uh, what, Warren G and Nate Dogg uh, yeah. regulate. I, I've noticed that, too. Like, you, you grow up listening to this, and you think, you know, they've come up with this great beat. And then you'll be listening to, like, the oldies, and on comes on, like, The Temptations or something. And you're like, I know that from Tupac. What's going on here? Yeah, you know, yeah. But... The funnest part about that I've found is to, like, re-listen to the song and then try and find, like, the part where the drum beat was by itself that they clipped out. Because they didn't have, like, a track-by-track breakdown of this where they were like, all right, mute the vocals, mute the backing vocals, mute the tambourine. We're just going to use the drum and bass on this one, and we're going to use the guitar. You know, they didn't have any of that ability. They are just like, they would spin a record until they'd find this, like, open spot in it and be like, all right, here's the part we're going to clip and just loop it nonstop and keep doing it. That's when they earn their money, you know? Dude, yeah. Cut and paste. Yeah. Well, I mean, even if the guy's doing it with uh, actual records and stuff, like, that blows my mind um having the ability to do that <laughs> and I, gosh and that comes back to like any anything could really be an instrument if you really wanted it to be honestly yep oh man uh that's that's wild uh, 
you've been playing tons of shows recently uh this episode will probably come out uh, in early january so i don't know if you've got like the ability to check your shows upcoming do you have a list um, anywhere or do you know any shows coming uh, up and- i just got a calendar for christmas so that's awesome i'll be able to keep that track of that now but mm-hmm. uh I've got a little pocket calendar somewhere floating around, but our stuff is weird and sporadic right now. Uh, playing two shows tonight, and then uh, Okaboji Winter Games. I don't know if you've ever been up there for their Winter Games, no. but this town erupts. It's just as bu- it's like as busy as their Fourth of July up there, mm-hmm. except everyone's wearing snowsuits and standing on the lake rather than floating on it. It's, oh, cool! It's crazy, but uh, we're playing like three gigs up there. Uh, oh, cool! Mid January and. Uh, just a whole bunch of like randomness coming up honestly Mm -hmm. yeah i did notice that uh as of this last year you got a facebook page that you have the ability to access and you've been posting shows uh upcoming and whatnot you know it's usually pictures of my cat like hey come see me (laughs) yeah yeah you know that's that draws people's attention it's like uh goody two shoes you betcha sitting on your guitar next to it and you're just like ah goody two shoes wants to come with but everybody loves cat photos i figure so i'm like i'll just post a picture of my cat and then mention my gig (laughs) yeah that's awesome um do you have like a facebook page for your uh, I know Blue Ribbon Ramblers has one. Do you have one for like your solo stuff? Like, uh, this no, is, unfortunately, know. I just I put it on my personal page. I'm just like, hey, I'll be playing there. I kind of treat Facebook and as just business. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm kind of anti technology. That's one thing I wish I was better at, like for lining up gigs and stuff. But uh-huh. yeah, so on my Clint Riedel Facebook page, I'll just be like, the day of, of course, because I'm horrible with it. Like, oh, uh, hey, come on out. But yeah, I mean, that's the cool part about that is I'm usually within, um, you know, like a half an hour drive of most of the shows that you play, um, or, or so, you know, uh, so, so I have the ability like, Oh, he's playing a show tonight. Uh, you know, and it's the benefit of that is he didn't post it two weeks ago and it got lost in the nothing, you know? So yeah. Cause I forgot what I did yesterday, you know? So I think the daily like highlights, but Mm -hmm. yeah, dude, I totally get the same way. Well, we're competing with the freaking sports balls tonight. Hawkeyes are playing a sports game at like seven, and we're starting our show at seven. So I don't know what the show's gonna be like tonight. Yeah, was it was yeah. Well, I don't know. I oh gosh, I used to follow sports so religiously, and then eventually it was just like, this is too time consuming. I saw that uh, like athletes didn't last as long as they used to, mm-hmm. you know, and so I was just like, I don't want to have to relearn people's names. Yeah, every don't, four or five don't years. fall in love with the player because they're going to leave for a bigger contract, you know, yeah. next year. And, you know, that, like football was one of the last like things I started enjoying watching. Cause it was just like, there was a handful of dudes that were really, really good. And it was like, they're fun to watch cause they're good, you know? And, but I lost my passion for like rooting for a team and, and things like that. I think honestly, the only thing, the only thing that really hurts us musicians besides the winter weather is sports like Monday night football, Friday night, just all these random events that are going on where people are staring at the TV rather than the music that's going on behind them. Yeah. It's kind of disheartening, but I mean, I understand it yeah. in the middle of Iowa. Yeah. I mean, there's not much else to do. And that's another thing is like, uh, whether or not it's, uh, it's one story. Cause I, I spent a lot of my musical time down in Des Moines where you're scrapping for people's attention, mm-hmm. uh, very it's like an every night deal doesn't matter what night there's something going on there's tons of restaurants there's literally a bazillion things to do down in des moines so like you've you got you got to be a pretty big deal to have a draw because yeah, there's anything a, else to do yeah yeah it's tough you know um i mean it's tough when you get like oh man like 30 percent of the people here are walk-in traffic that didn't know what was going on like that's that's wild you know um when you get 
situations like that, but like you have that in like every small town everywhere you go around here, mm-hmm. you know? So like uh, there might be something to do, but you've got to still compete with um, people that have, I mean, it's weird when you come from a small town and there's nothing ever to do. You get comfortable just sitting at home doing nothing. Yep. You find st- other stuff to occupy your time. And then when someone's like, there's a dude entertaining people down the street and you're like, meh. Yeah, I, I'm on my couch. I think I'm fine. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm 14 episodes into this wicked <sighs> Netflix binge. I'm gonna, I'm just going to cruise through it, man. Yeah, that's like, a shame. But yeah, if we got into the communities like Nashville and Austin and stuff, though, where like everyone wants to see the entertainment, well, then you're just that that small fish in a big pond because everyone's an entertainer yeah yeah and i mean that'd be a that'd be a rough rough thing because it's just you'd be so disposable like you could play a show but it's just like oh we're having a show here we have like 14 shows today actually you know we're mm-hmm. pl- when we have breakfast there's a guy playing from 9 to 11 and then you know there's a guy playing from 12 to 1 uh you know yeah real things like uh we thought we were we thought we hit it big like we play up in okaboji at this three-story bar captains it's just amazing I don't know how many thousands of dollars worth of sound and stuff, but uh, they give us a band house and everything, and we're like, oh, this is this is the way fucking artists get treated. This is awesome. And then, uh, so we thought we were like a big deal and stuff. Yep. And then we talked to the sound guy, and he's like, yeah, and this was at the end of last year, and he was like, I can't tell you how many bands I've met, man. Sorry. You know, like, because yeah. you go up and say hi again. I mean, we're friends, and he knows me, and we talk and stuff, but... Like, at first, he's like, you are not memorable. You know, you are just another band. And I feel that's the way it would be in those big towns. Like, Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it, that's another tough thing, because you can only remember so many people, and you, uh, it sucks to say, but, like, it feels like in this day and age, uh, you can make a longer-lasting impression with a negative... For um, real, yeah. Something negative than you can with something positive. Um, I think I did that last night. I yelled at some lady in the bar. Her husband was such a dick. And... Uh, <laughs> So I was, I was like, oh, I probably shouldn't have done that because I just, at the end of it, you know, I'm not an aggressive person. So I was like, hey, ma'am, I'm sorry, you know. And I was like, my name's Clint. And she's like, I know who you are. And I was like, oh, God, I forget about that. Like, I play music all over this town. Yep. Someone has seen me. If I don't know them, they still might know me. So, Bingo. So, yeah, that negative impact is probably going to last on her a little more than, like, whatever song she heard me sing yeah dude and that's that's such a tough thing though because like i mean i worked a i've worked a public job like a public service job for so long where you like constantly all day long are interacting with the public and serving them and it was the toughest part about that was like um you might have an interaction that's like slightly negative uh like and that's what you're known for that's forever <laughs> bingo you know and so like every time someone's just like oh man i used to know you because you worked at this place and it was like oh like i hope the interaction was positive and i always tell them that because it's like if it wasn't like don't hold me accountable for it because it's been years and years ago and uh but at the same rate like that's that's such a tough thing to to overcome is the a uh, small fish in a big pond kind of deal or even like like we said like being the big fish in the small pond and just like i'm coming here to play music and everyone's just kind of like Mer. yeah uh, brad said like you are nobody in your hometown i'm like what do you mean because we played manson he's from manson and he's like i'm like everyone's gonna come out you know it's your hometown they're gonna come see you and he's like no to these people they they know me like you know they watched me grow up it's just oh you can play a guitar you know yeah and i was like i don't think that's right well, we had we had a good show and stuff, but um, then I played my hometown, and I was like, well, this is going to be amazing. You know, I used to sling drinks for these guys in this bar. Now I'm playing guitar for them. I show up, and they're all just, 
same dudes still staring at the TV. They're just like, oh, you play guitar now. You know, yeah. I thought it was going to yeah. be like the second coming. But yeah, know. dude. And I, I tell you what, like uh, playing shows in your hometown when you play most of your shows not in your hometown is something that I've uh, come to do a little bit of. Like I've played a couple shows in Humboldt. And it was it was a little bit like that at first, where it's like we're bringing in another band that I enjoy, and they're gonna play and open up the show, and it's just like man, there's like not very many people here. And then like before you know it, there's you, we get up on stage, start playing about halfway through the set, like ah, oh, there's a decent amount of people mm-hmm. here, but it it's not as big of that like hometown hero thing yeah, like you think I, it's gonna be. Totally anticipating like oh, everyone's gonna you know bring their babies, it's gonna be a great time, <laughs> but but no it's just the same people that were in the bar anyway you know yeah yeah and that's what it's a, a lot of that and i mean i've we played a new year's eve show which was actually pretty packed which is pretty cool because uh you know you get those built-in audiences at some mm-hmm. of those shows where it's like everyone's going to be at the bar anyways yep. so so but like it's always tough to play a show in your hometown and just be like who's going to show up because even sometimes you'll play shows like nearby your hometown and you get people to drive and it's like, man, you guys didn't come out to the show when I played in town, but you drove exactly. like, like 20 miles to come yeah. see me. That's it's weird. You know, I, we got a super fan and I love him. Cam Nelson works at Shimcat. He's a baby shark and all that jazz. Okay. Know, he's, he's great. Uh, but he takes cabs. Like he took a cab to the poorhouse when we played in Humboldt uh, from Fort Dodge. So oh. he's probably spent like a hundred dollars on a cab, but he's, you know, doesn't want to drink and drive. So. Dude, yeah, that's beneficial. It's not like you can Uber and anything like that. No, I wish. And it's so tough to find like a designated driver, uh, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> oh, and everything's so sensitive. Like, honestly, like if you look at a beer, you might blow over. So <laughs> be <laughs> yeah. careful on your way home. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and like, I totally get that, though. Like um, when I started playing shows in Des Moines, like when I first started playing down there, I, I still drank, but it got to the point where it's like, I can't drink down here. Like, mm-hmm. I just can't. Like, I can't drink. Unless you're staying. Yeah. I mean, that's... that was that was the other thing was, like, sometimes I'd have a couple drinks. It's like, in the off chance that I get pulled over, I don't want to blow over. Yeah. Even yep. if, even if yeah, I am, feeling like... feeling all right, yeah, but legally you know, not. So then you just, like, sit at your buddy's house until, like, 2.30 or 3 in the morning. You're like, all right, I know I'm good to go now. Mm-hmm. And, then you, and then you take off and... It's like, yeah, but now I'm getting home at like five in the morning. This is so yep. dumb, you know? So I just quit drinking at shows, which eventually led to not drinking like, you know, almost ever all, nice. you know, at all. But it's, it's totally whatever, you know? And it's, it just kind of lended itself to me being like, I don't want to have to, um, I mean, I, I never was much of a partier anyways, but I did one on one occasion I was in Des Moines and I was like, well, let's get an Uber, go across town, go to this bar, hang out with these people and get an Uber and come back and just Ubering across town twice. It was like, I can't afford that, let alone like going to a bar yeah, and no spending doubt. the amount of money I spent there. I should have just bought a 12 pack and sat in the dark. Yeah. We all could have hung out in your garage and had more fun mm-hmm. than this. Wouldn't have had people looking at us when we're yelling stuff. See, I went the other direction. I just uh, bought a minivan and put a bed in the back. So no matter what, like I can, I can sleep wherever I am. So it's just a matter of, okay, do you want to have a good time? Cause you're going to be cold tonight. You know, you're yeah. going to sleep oh, in your van. Yeah. So. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. So that's kind of the, like summertime, I'm a little drunker because I can pass out and feel fine and wake up and go about my day. Mm-hmm. Wintertime, it's like, uh, I'm just going to go home. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. You know, that's pretty pretty brilliant, though, to like have the ability to like nap in the vehicle that brought you to the show on yep. the off chance that you drink too much, you know. And oh, then it's yeah. just like every town's got a place where it's just like, I can just park here and o- it, overnight and leave at uh, six in the morning. Come to find go. out bank parking lots. They don't tow you. You just you just park in the bank par- parking lot. Everyone goes about their day. You wake up and... 
someone's cashing their check or whatever you wake up to, you know, and yeah. just head on out of town. All right. There you go. It's all the traveling musicians. There's the, there's the advice. Mm-hmm. Advice column from Clint Riedel. We got about 50 minutes in here, man. Oh, um, nice. We've we've talked about a little bit of your, your new doings this year as far as like uh, playing more solo shows, uh, being a lot busier than you have been uh, previously, which is cool, you know, because it gives you the ability to go see new people and, and uh, try new things at different places. Do you find that like, uh, I'm, I'm sure it does, like you were talking a little bit about it earlier, like going to different venues, having a different crowd, trying to play a different type of set list, you know, mm-hmm. to appease the people that are there. Yeah, it's honestly, I, I stopped making set lists about the first year just because I realized what I wanted to get across was not necessarily what they wanted to hear. Yeah. So it's, yeah. it's always, it's kind of a hit or miss, like... Okay, we're gonna start out with all the the pretty songs and you know all my all my heartfelt stuff and see what they think. And if they're not having it, if they just came to get rowdy, it's like okay, we're busting into some Jay Z's '99 problems on this acoustic guitar, and I'll make you love me. <laughs> yeah, yep. Well, that makes total sense though too, especially if you have like s- as many songs in your repertoire as you do. You uh, already know what you can and can't play. So you just throw a couple darts at the board, see how everyone reacts and kind of lean towards yeah, whatever just, gets the reaction, you know? Yeah. I, actually, I just, uh, I just wrote a song. Oh, we got a train coming through. I just wrote a song called, uh, killers or pastors. Cause I was sitting in jail with this dude, well, attempted murder. And, uh, when I got out, I realized I can talk to anybody. Cause after the end of my two days, like he was singing to me, like it was a freaking like a American idol, like, contest or something yeah and then there was a local celebrity i'll leave his name out but uh he was in there as well and he's an aggressive man but by the end of it he's reading me his favorite bible scriptures so i was like oh that's why i can get along with killers or pastors so i just wrote a song called killers or pastors yeah man oh that's crazy because i mean the that is one of your best i think traits yeah it's gonna get crazy loud we are like 12 feet from the tracks (laughs) this goes on every 3 30 a.m by the way oh that's classy (laughs) yeah Oh my gosh, I don't know if I'd be able to handle that. But I think that uh we'll we'll go until we get noised out maybe. All right, I'll tell, you <laughs> tell you what, we're gonna pause this. Yep. Alright, the train has passed. Uh, uh it wasn't wasn't as wild as it could have been, but it was noisy. So. Yeah, and honestly it's like three thirty or four every freaking morning. It's <laughs> nuts. God, that'd be the worst. Would I mean, some nights it might not matter because you're not here, but like I'd be like the worst, and you're just like, all right, I get to sleep in today, and then you're like, oh my gosh, what is that? And that's why I drink so much, honestly, because I live <laughs> near the train tracks. <laughs> oh man, so you got the Facebook page. Everyone can find you on Facebook uh, anytime they want to. I uh, I lost my train of thought as far as what we were talking about prior to the train tracks, which is unfortunate, because <laughs> um, I felt like we were on a good one there. We were ha- we were on a good one. But uh, you got the Facebook page. You got uh, um, we got uh, I got an album out there now uh, for purchase, like electronically. It's uh, on Amazon, I think. Oh sweet! Or, and well, all the things Brad yeah, like, did it. Like so. Google and um, probably on uh, Apple as well. Yep. Is it yep. just searchable under your name? Yeah, I think it's on Spotify too. But Brad's like, don't tell anyone it's on Spotify because like you don't get any money for that. Yeah. Like I think we've had uh, however many thousands of plays. And I think I've accumulated like seven dollars. <laughs> yeah, know? yeah. It's it's a rough one as far as monetizing. Uh, is it 
And when, uh, it's R-I-E-D-E-L. Yep, and yeah. it's uh, Clint Riedel, the Scale House Sessions, because like, I live in a Scale House. There it is. And we uh, recorded it right here in the living room. Oh, there's the album right there. It's sweet. Uh, yeah, Brad's... I don't know what Brad's doing, but he's got some tricks up his sleeve as far as recording music and stuff like that goes. Um, he really does. It's uh, it's pretty wild, so I'm going to throw you in a, in a playlist I've got created for um, kind of music around here as far as what people have. I don't know. I, I do like that Spotify has the ability to give people uh, the exposure, but at the same rate, like if you do like the album, go ahead and buy it. Yeah. Um, yep. It's totally worth, uh, you know, the money more goes more direct to the artist, and that's something that like everyone has always had that argument with Spotify about. Um, I don't know. I do like that they get our names out there, but if the, you know, there's other avenues to do that, like YouTube, you know, or something. Yeah. So it's like thanking YouTube for getting you out there. I don't. But yeah, if if you like an artist, please go buy their stuff direct because I think I've got like maybe five or six like album purchases, and I was like. Well, that's just odd. And then you look at Spotify and it's like, you know, however many thousands of plays and you're like, oh, well, that makes sense now. Okay, yeah, yeah everyone just went to Spotify. Yeah, and I mean, I, I almost wish that like, and this is like almost like a ludicrous thing, but I've always thought like uh, if people could like, mm, I don't know, like cooking the books on YouTube is what people have always done in some fashion where it's like, I'm going to pay some company to put some views on this or whatever. But like, don't you wish your friends would just like always play the album like on repeat, you know, mm-hmm. or something like that? And it's like, oh, I wish you could just do this or whatever, or like, uh, just put it on in the background while you're listening to something, or even just like put it on and just like turn the volume down a little yeah, bit, you like, know? Show it to your friends and family, please, so yeah. I can get that point oh 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 one cents for you playing this song, you know, exactly. or whatever it is. And that's always like the rough thing as uh, <laughs> as far as like being a musician and trying to monetize your work. Um, I mean, it's. It's one of, uh, as far as the internet goes, the internet always touches on a handful of people that get taken advantage of for their uh, abilities to create art, which is just generally, in speaking, artists, um, but like photographers, uh, people that do like any sort of video and, and um, editing of audio and things I, like that. I see that a lot. Like I'm new to this Facebook and technology in general, but like I, I noticed there's a lot of people like, please don't use my images. I work hard for this and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And I didn't even think of that. Like you can easily just steal anything out there now huh? yeah it's, it's music included yeah. yeah it's pretty wild and you know once something gets leaked on the internet it's there forever anybody can just find that song anytime they want and you know whenever they want uh it's 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 a rough thing but at the same rate like um i, I don't know there's like no other way around it you just uh let the people that enjoy your thing enjoy your thing and, yeah. and contribute the money as they want to um i mean uh we were talking a little bit about uh, the band Marvin when the train was going by, but uh, they had a Facebook post where they actually just like asked their fans. They said like, our new album is only going to be on this platform. Is, is, is that cool? You know, cause they wanted to try and make sure it was a place where they could monetize it. And um, there was like a consensus that like, you know, leave it there at least for a while, but yeah, see you, if everyone can get to it. And yeah. Then... Everyone that wants it will, everyone that really wants to listen to it, will get to pay you to listen to it. You get like a very good, um, oh, that's a good thing. And then allow Spotify. And, th- and then yeah. allow it later. Yeah. Um, I mean, I I had proposed the idea. Um, I'd seen like many good ideas on the on the thread that they had posted. But uh, and check their Facebook page, I guess, if you want to go hunt for the thread, you can. But it was one of those deals where I I had suggested maybe you just stay an album behind. So your newest album is only available for purchase. Um, but when you get your next that, album, 
<clears throat> excuse me, when you get your next album, then just put it on everything. That's a good idea, honestly. So, you know, and, and we're we're in the works right now. Brad's, uh, we've been saying it for about a year, but we're gonna do a Blue Ribbon Ramblers live from everywhere. We've just been dude random clips from or you know uh, the best track from whatever show. So like maybe bury that body is in Iowa Falls and you know another one's at the winery and stuff but it's so neat because you can hear the crowd in the background and the energy and you can you can just so i'm really excited for this we just got to sit down and do it he's just so busy with everything else so dude yeah i will have to say that uh that will take a lot of um time to go through that i mentioned in a previous episode that like our drummer records everything with like a portable recorder so it's not not as good as what brad's got going on because he's got a like i said he's got a I don't know what he's doing, but he's got a good handle on what he's doing. Oh, he's, man, he's, he's one of those dudes. He just like he loves frequencies and distance and stuff. You know, like he's on that level. Yeah, huh? he's getting good at stuff, and uh, it's, it's wild. So he's he's doing a little bit better than what we were doing. But uh, taking the time to sit down and listen to every single show and all the tracks takes oh, forever. Yeah, yeah, it does. Uh-huh. I mean, you almost need to like delete band practices to get everyone in the same room to just be like. Is this any good? And it's just like, nah, garbage it. And then you just fast forward to the next one. And Yeah, we've never really sat down and had like a listening party. We've we tried. We've recorded one song in that rock and, rock and roll star moment. Like I was, uh, it was a Saturday morning and they were playing Gas Money, the NPR, you know, like regional bands and stuff. Yep. And I was cleaning out my cat litter box. And then I heard the song fire up on NPR and I was like, well, that, that sounds like me. And then it was my song Lights from Algona. We recorded it here. And um, it was the first and only time we've ever gotten together and just been like, okay, I'm going to play my part. Now, Caleb, you play your part. You know, like, went about it studio-like. Yep. And we all just hated it. <laughs> we were all like, oh, this does not feel organic. This yeah. Is, this is forced. It's bunk. It got played on NPR, so hats that, off to Brad. That's <laughs> awesome. That's really cool. Yeah, I mean, uh, as far as getting some radio play, it's it's not uh, super difficult if you really wanted to get some radio play uh, around Iowa to do it. Um, you just got to hunt down the people and go do it, and that takes yeah. the time to like find the right people in the right circles to you know. Yeah, I got told that we're uh, we're played over in like Clinton, Iowa. Oh. I don't have any clue how they got any of our music or anything, that's but that's cool. awesome. That's yeah. awesome. That's really cool. And you know, like uh, I'm in. Um, a band that gets played on uh, 92 Rock here on the Regional Rock Hour sometimes. And, that, like, our biggest issue is uh, our studio demo that they had recorded. That was, like, prior to me being in the band. But there's, uh, like, every song has, like, a piece of profanity in it. And oh, except yeah. Except for, like, one. And uh, some of them are, like, FCC okay. But mm-hmm. we don't want to just be like, here's a song that swears and deal with yep. it or whatever. Because yep. we don't know how their format is for their radio station. Because not, a, you know, they'll all follow FCC. But some of them are like, we're not going to allow you to swear even a tiny bit. Yeah, even, we don't want to offend any of our listeners. Not, not even a little yeah. bit. So it's like, ah, well, we'll just take the one that has no swearing or whatever and, and go with that. So it's it's a little tough sometimes getting on the radio when you when you that, swear a little bit. But That's funny, too, because uh, Josh Mason, Regional Rock Hour, he... Uh, the first time I ever heard my voice come across the radio, I was driving with my girlfriend and like I knew I, I just turned on the regional rock hour and he played one of my songs that we sent in and I was like, holy cow, this is amazing. You know, like that yep. cloud nine. But then I was like, well, fuck, what's he going to do about the swearing? And then, so if you ever hear bury that body on the deep cold ground on 92.1, it's just like beep, beep, 
apparently you can't say sucking everybody's dick on the radio. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And I, I actually do recall that, that there's like, I think I've heard that with the beeps in the song and it's like, oh, this is funny. Clint, you know, must've said something awesome. <laughs> and it was probably at like a winery or something with all the hoity toities just having a blast. <laughs> That's funny. I don't know. I feel like everyone gets, whether or not they want to admit to it, everyone gets that sense of humor. Um, you know, especially if you're just kind of kidding around. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Like, I had a great mom. I respect the world, and but you know, it's like a well placed dead baby joke. Sometimes it's got a spot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that reminds. I was watching some uh, Norm Macdonald stuff uh, when he was doing comedy. He's always been known to say like awkward stuff in places that might not fit the awkward thing, but still make people laugh. And that just comes back to being personable, man. And that's a uh, that like might be one of your your strongest suits as a human being is you're just like one ow cat cat <laughs> got the, got the cat on me right now but that's uh that's awesome the man goody two shoes the cat makes another appearance on the podcast awesome oh goody she's I wish she would ride with me like I tried to give her like a chance to become a road cat and so I put her in the van and I drove to the bar which is like a block away. And I opened the door and I'm like, what'd you think? And she ran home. Like, just get me out of here. I was like, oh, well, I don't want this to happen at like a truck stop or something. So I guess you're just going to have to be a house cat. Yeah, bummer. Mm-hmm. That's that's a fun thing, though, to see people taking animals on the road with them. I always thought that was uh, pretty entertaining. Uh, I need to get a road dog. It's kind of, you know, it's boring. All those hours of driving and just, you know, but... Then I feel bad, like, what are you going to do while I'm in there playing music and hanging out and stuff? So mm-hmm. I have yet to pull pull the trigger. But when I do, I'm going to adopt a dachshund. They're the greatest breed. Nice, nice. Yeah, dude, they've, they're always, like, some of the most fun dogs, I always felt like, as I, far as... Uh... I wrote a song about my wiener dog. Like, her name was Rosie. She was uh, deaf and, like, partially blind. So, like, I had to get her and her brother because they're like well you know she's gonna need him they're together i was like oh man so i wrote a song about her because she looks like she's tired so her eyes turn red and stuff but i was going through a divorce at the time so it like turned into a song about my wiener dogs and my divorce Mm -hmm. so yeah like you gotta have you gotta have those companions to have that inspiration yeah totally i uh i i the funnest story i have about a wiener dog was uh uh, one point in time, I was at I was at my house. A wiener dog just kind of like walked up. I live like right out in the edge of the edge of town in the country. A wiener dog just like walked up to the house, like up the driveway, and was just like, "Hey!" And then it was like, "Okay." So then I just like start petting this wiener dog. It's really friendly. It just follows me everywhere. It was totally kosher. I didn't. I was trying to find out who owned it and stuff like that, and uh, uh, come to find out that the thing was most likely abandoned. So I oh. so I. I gave it to a, a new home, but for like two or three weeks, the dog just like went with me everywhere. Just like sat in the car with me, like didn't, you know, it was just, it was the nicest dog. And <laughs> I don't know. Honestly, my favorite breed. Like yeah. I've had a bunch of dogs and just a wiener dog loves you. He will never stop loving you. Yeah, totally. Uh, and usually they're not too much like attention needing dogs. You know, they'll, yeah. they'll just chill if they need to chill, you know, which I always thought was kind of. My favorite quality in a dog was the fact that a dog would just like lay there and just be like, "You over there? All right, I'm over here." And then just like, cool, <laughs> "We got this." Cool. Yep. Yep. That's it. Comes back to that companionship thing, and and it does get like uh, those long hours on the road. Like um, most shows I play, I play uh, you know almost two hours away from where I live. So yep. it just comes down to one of those things where you just spend that time on the road alone, driving to a thing, and then when it's all done, you sit in your car and you drive alone back home yeah, yeah like every, i don't know how many times i've been approached and people say like man you've got such a crazy life it's gonna be fun you know like it's so much fun and then when you break it down like timeline wise it's like 
driving contacting people you know like the fun part is the show and then that's it's fleeting it's over yeah it's the smallest yeah. amount of time of anything i mean a lot of that came down to like uh i realized that when i would go to shows whether they be like pro wrestling or concerts uh back in the day you know you live in northern iowa where like the nearest place to go to a show uh is either des moines anywhere or maybe like clear lake yeah, um which it's is a geographical oddity we're two hours from everywhere it's, you know? <laughs> it's so wild though it's 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 almost the truth you know because it was like three hours to minneapolis and like three or so hours to omaha and like huh. six or so hours to chicago but like i go to these places go to the shows you know sometimes driving home afterwards and it was it's like man i, I just spent like there's blaze <laughs> i just i just spent uh all this time driving and you know i only had uh i don't know i only had roughly there's a dog in here now <laughs> hey dog Hi, but yeah i spent all this time driving and then you're just like man the, the concert was such a little tiny portion of what was going on you know it's almost, almost kind of sucks um but yeah so anyways uh we're, we gotta probably wrap this thing up we got dogs and cats and everything's <laughs> going on oh yeah all right so well uh, thanks man it was yeah. nice talking to you yeah. oh hey place. hey dog yeah all right so yeah <laughs> everybody clint Riedel. check them out on facebook uh give them a friend request check out blue ribbon ramblers on facebook i'll uh put links to everything down there i'm sure if you uh head to the audible farm facebook page i'm gonna tag you in the, awesome. in the thing you, so everybody can find you so I uh, really appreciate you taking time to sit down with me and updating everybody on what you got going on. Anytime. Man. You keep on doing this, man. You're doing a lot for us. I appreciate the Dude, hell out of yeah, it. Yeah, I appreciate it. I appreciate you, uh, you know, uh, buying a shirt and, and you know, representing, putting the pictures online stuff. I'll share that every day. I'll know? be wearing that at the winery tonight. Dude, you're so cool. You're so cool. All so, right, dude. Well, peace. Yep, we'll see ya. Oh, yeah. Oh, Clint's such a fun guy to hang out around. Uh, you know, we mentioned it in the podcast. It's he's uh, got a great personality. He's just a fun guy. Um, you know, that's that's what it comes down to. It comes out on the stage, and uh, I feel like stage presence is definitely something that I I have almost zero of. I don't know. It's it's a it's a not. It's either it's tough to learn that. It's tough to be comfortable up there uh, unless you just go up there and do it a bunch. And uh, especially if you're doing it alone, there's nobody else to lean on, nobody to banter with on stage. Um, so that's a tough one. Uh, hats off to anybody out there per- performing solo shows. Not an easy task by any measure. Um, it's rough. There's nowhere to hide sonically. But yeah, it's, it's cool to have Clint come back on here, talk a little bit more about uh, playing guitar, uh, doing some solo shows, telling some stories, uh, you know, talking about guitars and, and whatnot. And speaking of uh, talking about guitars, I had mentioned some story I'd heard about... Uh, Joe Bonamassa possibly having played one of, uh, I think it was Clapton's stolen guitar or some such. So I went and looked it up and uh, I found an article from 2017 talking about it. And uh, Bonamassa had claimed that, um, let's see, I guess it was originally posted in 2016 and updated in 2017 was the article I found. I, I Maybe I'll post this uh, under, the, under the post that I make. Um, anyways, the the whole thing was uh, Bonamassa had claimed that he knew where the guitar was. Um, and he reported uh, Bonamassa had claimed that it was in a collection on the East Coast, and that's all I can tell you, and that's all he will say. So, um, yeah. So he says it still exists. He hasn't seen it in person, but he's got good authority that it still is out there, and somebody somebody has it in safekeeping. So there's like a, a bunch of goofy stuff like that that I think about that um, I think I... 
uh, maybe I misread this or I saw a video of him playing, you know, uh, Bonamassa playing a guitar similar to it or something. So I got I got part of the story right, but that's that's the story there. So there there you know there is weird stuff that goes on um, with these like um, music history things. Some of them seem to be just myths, and other ones uh, whether or not they're actually true. So I don't know. That's kind of cool story. Um, if you want to check it out, maybe I'll post it in the Audible Farm group, or maybe I'll just post it in the comment section of. Uh, of the Facebook post. I don't know. So either way, it's out there. Uh, you can just search search for it if you really want to look for it, and I don't post it. So either way, uh, you know, happy 2020, guys. It's, uh, it's going to be a wild year this year, uh, just like last year. I know it's going to be a wild year, but it's going to be a great year. So I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to talking to a bunch of different people. I have sent out uh, emails to people that have emailed me uh, in December um so let's do it let's do it everybody i'll i'll sit down and i'll skype with people i'll talk with just about anybody willing to uh give me the opportunity to at least listen to your goods and 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 see what's going on i've got ideas for other shows of sorts i could do with uh the audible farm podcast or the audible farm name or whatever um so i i don't know maybe look up look out for some new shows in 2020 i've i've heavily debated started a patreon page but I'm the same rate. I don't know. It's still just kind of fun to put out free content and just let people enjoy it and support it as they want to. Um, so yeah, I guess if you want to support the podcast, you can do that by buying a t-shirt or buying a sweatshirt. There are links to the Facebook posts with instructions on how to do that uh, at audiblefarm.com, www.audiblefarm.com. Uh, there's links to everything as well as you can listen to the webs or listen to the podcast right from the website there uh you can scroll down and, and write me an email if you would like and i will do my best to get back to you as fast as possible um whatever whatever you got that you want to shoot me an email about just just let me know all right so uh www.audiblefarm.com uh thanks to our sponsor Couchtown coffee um supporting us this week and, and most weeks that we've done the podcast so i really appreciate that thank you Couchtown, for fueling uh, the madness every single week just going out and doing the stuff so I appreciate you very much Couchtown go to www.couchtowncoffee.com uh, make an order code word this week is 2020 you can save yourself 20% that's pretty wild so uh, appreciate it thank you uh, I want to say thanks to all the listeners thanks to my guest once again this week Clint Riedel uh, fun guy always always fun to sit down and catch up with him um, you know book him so book him now otherwise he's going to be busy in 2020 I'm pretty sure he, as far as going towards summertime, he likes to fill up every week, and he's pretty good at it. So so hit him up if you want to book him. Check his music out online. There's links below um, to all the goodies. So appreciate it. We will check you guys next week with another guest. Peace.